Coming up on this jam-packed episode, we begin with the Surprise Olympics, DIY archery equipment, and the beauty of the St. Louis Arch. Then we get into the week's tech news, including a shocking update on the portless phone, the potential of AR glasses, and what we expect from Apple's upcoming events. Stick around, a big show starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 235, recorded March 11th, 2019, in Zuck We Trust. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, you. Uh, I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, uh, by a couple of guys who were up to no good, started making trouble in the neighborhood. I've definitely used that one before, but it's timeless. Colby Rabideau, Dan Miller. Hi. A a couple of guys Um, who are are trapped somewhere in the daylight saving zone. Yeah. I saved so much daylight. Colby saves so much daylight, it's already 2020 where he's at. Well, what's it like? Uh, warmer. Okay. okay. No, I don't know. I'm not really. More tired, that's probably. Yes, that's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's warmer. The, uh... Oh, God, what is even going to happen this year? <laughs> it's <laughs> Is there an Olympics? Uh, there will be there? 2020. Yeah. We're gonna be in Tokyo for the Summer Games. Tokyo, yeah, maybe I'm there. Wait, maybe I'm Sean's in the Tokyo. future. How did he know that? How, I, J- Dan, I just I have these visions, okay? And I saw <laughs> I saw Japan, and I saw. Everyone sprinters. knows that they randomly select where the Olympics is gonna be, like, pretty much year of. Yeah, we're right. like two weeks before. Like, hey, just we're stopping by, just letting you know. Right, and you you just have to scramble and put it put it all together. I think that would actually probably be more fun. <laughs> but could you it would imagine be like, like an event in and of itself? Yeah, you just block off a few streets. Like, could you imagine doing that with the Winter Olympics? Like, oh, by the way, we need a luge track. Can you just like make us a luge track? I mean, there must be luge tracks some someplace in the world, right? Yes, they have well, to it, exist. Yeah, in places where they've already done them. Absolutely. Goes back to my <laughs> one of my few good ideas: Olympic Island. <laughs> have we talked we've definitely talked about this on the show yeah. haven't we? is that just the man-made island where they they just do the olympics all the nations pitch in the money and they build a permanent olympic island with for the summer and winter games and they just go there every time and then people don't the cities don't have to spend money every time i still think that's a good idea it's pretty good. i stand by that or alternative idea instead no this is not i'm sorry this is not an alternative to your idea sean this is compatible with your idea okay however i think it would be great if if olympic sports or at least if there were some olympic events where you couldn't like no one was allowed to do them except at the olympics so you were not allowed to practice this sport uh but you can i don't know i guess train in some secondary way but then you can be at go to the olympics and do the thing but that's the only time the thing happens Kind of like wait, Ameri- wait. yeah, yeah. I think that you couldn't really do this, Colby. If people knew what it was, then they could. There would be some way for them to train mm-hmm. for it. Like Russia would construct like an underground facility that exactly mimics whatever this setup is. So I think it has to be that they do not know what game that is that they'll be playing <laughs> until so, they get. So you invent at every every Olympics a new game is invented. Right. We, it's like the the freestyle event or or, or something like that. Right. Right. Or it could be it could like, be like a list of like 30 events. And so you can't be expert in all 30. So it's like this year, figure skating. Next year, skateboarding. And you're like, whoa, okay. 
You know, <laughs> you're just thrown for a loop. Next year, discus. Nice. It's not the Iron Man. It's Iron Man, because you literally have to be Iron Man to succeed in this. <laughs> I'm down for that. I, want, I like watching people. Th- have you guys ever watched the World's Strongest Man competitions? No. Oh, these are great. I love these. They don't do them as much anymore. They used to run them on ESPN 8 all the time, but um, it was to they claim the world's strongest man. It wasn't really any kind of official contest, but it would just be guys doing random things that required strengths. They'd be like, pull a, a train car like 100 feet. And like, who's the strongest guy to do that? They'd be like, you know, lift this tire and carry it over along just like doing hard strength things but Mm -hmm. it was always mostly fat guys and not and not buff guys and i never understood that Hmm. maybe this is such a specific reference only i get it but it was it's just i mean i feel like i feel like i've seen a thing where like someone pulls a truck or something yeah and mm. you know world's strongest man you know good old tractor pull yeah and they like use their teeth or something like that or what about the Celtic games? Have you ever seen the Celtic games where they have to Those like? Those I have seen. Where they have to like Throw. toss the pole, or they have to get the bale of hay up and over the, the the marker. Yes. Aren't there like the lumberjack games? Too? Oh, those are great with the chainsaws, and they've got to cut through the logs really fast. Yep. Yep. Do you think they all have to use the same chainsaw? I would. I would like to imagine you could like bring your own from home. Mm. I bet it's like baseball where you, you kind of have your own bat and you're you're juicing it up a little bit. You're sharpening each teeth individually. You mm-hmm. have like uh, a world-renowned chainsaw sharpener. Each <laughs> of your chainsaw teeth is actually made out of diamonds. You know, that actually does bring up an actual real question I have, which is, <laughs> unlike these hilarious jokes we've been telling, the in, in sports that – so like – the actual sport of biathlon or the um, in the outdoor games, they do have a shooting component to those target shooting, skeet shooting. Do you bring your own gun? That is oh, yeah. a good question. I, especially in like Olympic biathlon, skiing and shooting. In that, they, it all seems like they have the same gun, but they wouldn't like just have a bunch of guns and like, oh, just grab one of the guns from the gun pile. <laughs> You know, just anyone, just they're all in the cubbies over there. Just take one. That'd be pretty funny. I bet they all own their own gun, but it has to be. I bet there are like parameters like your your thing has to be within these parameters. Sure. Well, I just can't imagine the paperwork to have to like fly internationally with these guns Mm. to this event. That's That's true. I never thought about that. Oh, now, yeah, that's for sure an interesting question. Um, okay yeah well we'll just leave it at that i I saw i saw the (laughs) olympic trials oh we saw the maybe it wasn't the olympic trials but colby and i saw uh an archery competition in copenhagen oh yeah it was pretty cool i remember that that was that was cool now was it one of those where they put an apple on top of colby's head and they had to shoot it off yes i live to tell the tale (laughs) Didn't it's even get to eat the apple too. To death twice in that trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's it dangerous. My year. That's exciting. Archery's fun. That's a fun sport. It is fun. I've never tried it. Have either of you tried archery? Yes. 
I think so. I think I've arched. You've is that to to arch? Is that the verb? What is the verb? Arrowed. Ar- you've arched. Is that the past? You know, going arching. <laughs> we have lots of good questions. This, this is we need like. Can we get seriously? Can we get like an intern for the show whose job it is to like Google stuff for us while we're doing the show? Wow, there's an archerytalk.com cool. forum thread about how archery needs a verb. Okay. Well, oh, this seems like a, a great creative exercise for us. Yeah. I mean, I think arching is the obvious one. But what? Yeah, but people don't like that here because they're saying it's like they might think you're doing yoga. Arching? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, doing yoga or architecture. You practice archery by shooting arrows, just like how you practice soccer by kicking a ball. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so what's the action of when well, you play soccer and you shoot archery? So I guess it would be shoot. You shooted. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all know where this ends. I gosh, gosh darn it! I went shoot it all over. Um, <laughs> that's good. Are there any other interesting discussions on the uh, archery forums there? Any other big uh, archery oh. controversies? Let's see. What's 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 the buzz? What's the hot topic? Okay. This is going to take up a second. Out. I'm going to go to archerytalk.com. Who we're giving a lot of free plugs to tonight. A lot of free plugs. Okay, well, Sean, what do you want to know about? Let me give you some options. Bow hunting, brand-specific archery forums, traditional archery, disabled archers, senior archers, DIY equipment. DIY equipment. I want to see DIY okay. equipment. Yes. <laughs> Excellent okay. choice. Now let's can we sort this by replies? We absolutely can. Um, so the number one most replied to post on DIY was the comprehensive DIY compound bow string slash cable making guide. Why would you make your own cable? Well, it's that's DIY. probably what a lot of these people are asking. Yeah, this, I'm this not guy's alone. got a lot of pictures. He's got I see his living room here. He's got some guitars and he has this huge contraption. He's building his own uh archery strings that's pretty cool let me oh, ask here, you here's a uh, someone made a 20 dollar bow press whatever that is a bow press i've seen those advertised on the infomercials on tv the <laughs> bow press working out um yeah, let me ask you guys uh, a slight pivot on this because this is an interesting okay. thought okay about diy if you could if you had the time and the ability to build anything, what would you choose to build? Okay, let me Colby walk Colby is muted. Oh, I know. Anything? Any. Like, don't say a skyscraper, because that's ridiculous. But something you could plausibly build with an unlimited budget and unlimited time and not necessarily having to know that. If you wanted to say, you know... um, you want to craft fine china out of clay i'll give you credit for that but don't say something you know build a space shuttle because that's crazy i would want so my my thought process is i would want it to be practical okay like I, I would want it to be if i have unlimited time on i would want it to be significant and practical because if if you had you could fill your life with like making you know ceramic pots that those don't seem those don't it's the i'm looking for like a magnum opus diy project totally blow it out Uh, don't don't think too small (laughs) and so 
I think either I think building a house would be great if you built every part of the house from scratch. That would be something that would last hopefully a long time. Sure. Uh, it would be very useful, and it it would be uh, something that you couldn't perhaps do. Uh, I don't know. I guess you could pay someone to build something to your exact specifications, or something that's really complicated, like. I wouldn't drive around this car, but build a car that one I could like put around the backyard, uh, like a dune buggy. Like yeah, like like a Mad Max dune buggy thing. Yeah, just like flames that shoot out the top. It moves at like five miles an hour max speed. With <laughs> <laughs> but flames, you get like one tenth of a mile per gallon. Yeah. That's a good call. I like it. How about Sean? Have you thought about this, or is this just a a question that you posed? I literally just thought this up. Um, I would say, for me, I definitely think it would be something, something surprising. I want to surprise people with what I make. I don't want people to be like, "Well, of course he made that." So I would say Mm. either. A beautiful golden harp. Okay. Or a like giant two story tall graffiti mural. Because I don't and think people would expect me to make either of those. I think that's true. You know, like a like street art, like Sean Jennings street art. So you would make all of the street art. Yeah, I want a big I want okay. just a big like two story tall blank wall that I could just go hog wild on and I'm gonna <laughs> do authentic street art. Edgy stuff. Really capture the feeling of, of the streets. Mm-hmm. Now will this be your street or the streets? Oh no. Know? This is the street. You know where I'm from, Dan. The streets. Okay. Yeah. They're think, definitely streets where you're from. I think I think when people talk about embodying the vibe of the streets, they look to me. Okay. So I, I think I got what's going on downtown. <laughs> I I can't argue with that. Uh, you know, Dan, I know one of us is a city guy. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Um and so that that that's what I would do. Something ridiculous. Something surprising. What about you, Colby? Mm. I would build scale models of like the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, that's like the best. That's such a good because it's like useful and you could like show it off. Yeah. And they'd be they'd be like really big, like obviously not full size, but like big, not like tiny, like half size. Right, right. Maybe three quarters, depending on the thing. Yeah, I love it. Colby, you do strike me as a guy who would like. Buy, why is Colby buying a thousand acres in Montana? Oh, he'll show you. And then you go there and they're like, Trust is that me. a pyramid? <laughs> it's huge. That's That would be yeah. fun. You could open your own little amusement park. Yeah, I feel like I need to like work harder if I'm going to do that. But it's it's a noble dream. It is. This is a, an absolute true story. The uh, the man who was the best man at my father's wedding up in, I think it's New Hampshire or Maine, built, he was like a contractor, and he built a house 
that he did live in or current. I maybe he sold it since, but he did live in it for a while. That was a essentially a scale replica of the White House. Like like literally, Whoa. it looked from the outside exactly like the White House to scale. I mean, I mean it wasn't like a one to one scale, but it was like everything was like accurate. Did he build it himself? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's it's been like featured on TV and stuff. I don't even know if this was years ago. I don't even know if it's still there, but um he was he was uh thought that would be fun and so he just did it. <laughs> so if anyone's looking to own a little piece of the White that House. That is fun. Yeah. I mean if you have the ability again, if you have the time and the ability, go nuts. I like it. I like it. If you could live in any in a replica of any famous landmark <laughs> Which would it be? This is fun. We could just do this all night. This well, is like a... okay, but there are so many bad options, right? Like you wouldn't want to live in a replica of the pyramids of Giza. That would be extremely uncomfortable. That's true. You wouldn't want to live in the Eiffel Tower. That would super suck. See, that was going to be my choice. No, I think that would be. Why would that suck? Uh, okay, there's not that much space. And it's very unprotected from the elements, except for the very top part. No, I'm, like, s- I'm saying the outside looks like it. I'm not saying it's like uh, exactly, exactly, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the Eiffel Tower, except at the top, there's like a one bedroom apartment, you know? Sure, sure. But you but could I I I feel like if you could make the pyramids of Giza and then just haul out the inside yeah, and put wherever you want, that would fine. be the obvious that's a good choice. Unless you did like Mount Rushmore and then you have like an airplane hangar that comes out of <laughs> Lincoln's mouth or something. That would be great. That's a good choice. These are all good choices. <laughs> okay, you're, cool. you're, I'm, I'm coming around to this. I would I would build the St. Louis Arch and then I would live at the top. The, uh, have you seen the St. Louis Arch, Sean? Mm-hmm. I have not. Only pictures. It's I was pulling when we did the landmarks bracket on up for debate. I was desperately pulling for the St. I love the St. Louis Arch. It's a... Uh, surprisingly impressive like i've seen it two times and when i got there the first time i was i was i was expecting it to be like 100 percent unremarkable like oh look an arch but like there's something about it like it's very shiny and metallic and it's huge it's absolutely huge i just like standing under it it's it's pretty impressive um, so yeah, I can get on board with that. Did you know when they were building the St. Louis arch, they started at the two points at the bottom and built it up to the top. And there were literally, there were people extremely confident that it was impossible to make the two points match up perfectly at the top. <laughs> they didn't think it was, they didn't think it was scientifically possible. There were people who set up time-lapse cameras and this was when they built it. That wasn't really a thing. Um, to prove to embarrass them when they built the whole arch and they were they missed each other at the top and and they fit perfectly. <laughs> it's neat. It's it's Got very em. neat. Gateway. To I wonder the what like the margin of error was. Like how much did they have to like? Well, this was another thing where, and I'm, I might be getting this a little bit wrong, but um, the sort of unveiling ceremony, like a current or former president, was there to open it, um, and they were going to put the very last piece on the top to sort of open it. And it was off by like a couple, just just enough to be an issue. So what they actually did was they, what did they do? They warmed up the bricks right around there to kind of expand mm. them to just shift it enough so they could get that last piece in. 
Nice. Oh. Yeah. oh, you know some stuff about the St. Louis Arch. I, I, we studied up for that episode. I'm, I'm a big fan of the St. Louis Arch. It's highly illegal to fly an airplane under it. <laughs> you will go to prison, and people have How done it. How many times has it been done, though? Oh, That's like, like I think one time it was done like with a with an official sanction, and then there've been a couple, like a handful of more times people have done it, and it is like <laughs> super illegal. <laughs> they shut that shit down because it's amazing. like perfectly made to fly through. Right, it's like the obvious thing to yeah. do. Here's of a course, huge. I want to do it. Fly through it's it. It's great. It's big enough. Um. Anyway. That's that's enough about the St. Louis Arch. Um, would you guys like to talk about some tech news? Oh, hang on, wait. Someone, someone, uh, multiple people have also flown underneath the Eiffel Tower. Oh, in airplanes? In airplanes. Oh, that's great. Wow. Well, I know there was someone who famously flew under the Brooklyn Bridge. What? Okay, that's. That feels even crazier. That was, but that was like way back when they first opened. That was, you know, way back when they first opened it. That was a long time ago. This is like an action movie. Yeah. Well, that was back in that era in the like the 20s and 30s where like stunt pilots were doing crazy shit because planes were new. You know, (laughs) like, oh, what can we do? That, that, that That was back when, when, you know, air stunts was like a big goddamn deal to the public. Mm they don't do that as much anymore for shame no i don't understand if this was legal to fly underneath the eiffel tower um i can't imagine it is now it may have been an official sanctioned thing but i would be shocked if that's legal (laughs) i would doubt it's probably not even legal to fly under the brooklyn bridge i don't think any kind of like how would that be legal any kind of landmark like that i can't imagine well, I, I, I'm just curious, yeah, if it was sanctioned. Because there's a lot of stuff you can do with planes as long as you have the FAA's permission. Oh, here's someone playing a Microsoft Flight Simulator and flying a 747 through the St. Louis Arch. Okay, so it can be done. <laughs> could you... It God. Is, yeah, you, you could have the space for it, I think. Could you imagine oh, how you, you have to tilt it? You have to tilt it on its side in order to fit through. Oh, damn. That would be. Could you imagine how terrifying it would be? You're standing underneath the St. Louis Arch and you see a goddamn 747 <laughs> on its side flying towards the arch. And you're like, there's no way in hell it's going to make it under this thing. And it amazingly does. That would be pretty terrifying. Now I'm just going to be watching lots of videos of <laughs> flight simulator. <laughs> Oh no, we've we've turned Dan onto a new hobby. <laughs> this drone got pretty close here, so you could imagine what it might be like. Oh come on, that was such a lame video. Yep. Yep. Oh boy. Well, I'm gonna take uh, a second crack at pivoting us over to tech news for the week. Do we have to? Okay. I know. The I videos know. are so much fun. I okay, agree. Okay, but, 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 but listening to Dan watch videos, unfortunately. Then it's not good radio? Uh, unfortunately not. I'm amazed. That'll be our spinoff show. Dan watches YouTube videos. 
<laughs> uh, no, we've got a whole bunch of stories here in the rundown. We got Apple, and we've got Disney, and we've got Zuckerberg, and we've got Philadelphia. We've got everything. Where would we can like we to do, start? Can we follow up on the phone? We the can. Portless phone. You bet. We. Uh, you bet. No, we're gonna follow up. We have uh, a couple of weeks ago. What? Maybe a month or two ago on the show, we talked about the world's first holeless phone, the Maizu Zero. Um, it was a phone with no ports, no openings. Uh, it was available on uh, Indiegogo for twelve hundred ninety nine dollars um, from the company Maizu. Um, it had all sorts of crazy stuff in screen, sound technology, and in display, fingerprint sensor, wireless charging, all the things that make it so it didn't have a port. Um, shockingly enough, the device that we all said, that's crazy, doesn't actually exist. Maizu CEO Jack Wong admitted that the recent crowdfunding campaign campaign was a little more than a publicity stunt. Quote, this crowdfunding project was just the marketing team messing about. The Holeless Phone is just a development project from the R&D department. We never intended to mass produce this project. The Indiegogo never hit its $100,000 funding goal, so no one will actually get what? charged. Wait, uh, I could have Indiegogo'd it? Yes, that's where it was being sold at. Uh, yep. So, so. Do you, as a marketing person, Sean, do you think this was a good marketing, what, what did he call it, scheme, ploy? I called Please? it. He called it the marketing team messing about. Messing about. Do you think this is a positive messing about? Is this is this going to pay off for them? Um, I think it would have been a disaster had they actually taken people's money. But no, I think it's fine <laughs> because it is, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the stunt that has like nothing to do with your product or business. Mm. But like this is like, hey, look, we're tech, we're actually eventually going to make this phone. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. It gets the Maizu name out there. I mean, we're talking about it. So, are you really disappointed, Dan? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted one. <laughs> sad, Dan is sad. I mean, if only we'd known, we could have backed the Kickstarter. They only got forty-five percent of their goal. You know, yeah. Oh. It wasn't Kickstarter, though. It was Indiegogo, right? That's that's what I meant. Doesn't Indiegogo you actually take the money even if you don't reach the goal? Well, apparently, and I'm just reading this from the Virgin article, I, I don't know, but it says here, um, Maizu set a fixed funding goal rather than the flexible goals used by the majority of Indiegogo projects. Uh, so the campaign ended without any backers losing their money. Had it been a flexible goal, they would have taken the money regardless. Well, that was uh, kind of them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really in general recommend a company announce an awesome product that they're not going to sell. Cause I think you're just going to kind of bum people out. But when you're a company like Maizu, who I don't even know what else they sell. I, I don't, I don't know how they could disappoint people. I'm going to go to their website. I literally have no idea what they make. Do they have a forum where people oh, they talk have, about, they've got phones. They've got the Maizu X8, the Maizu M8 Lite. The Maizu 16, <laughs> the Note 8, which it, it sounds like a Samsung phone, so I don't know how they can do that. Are they all Indiegogo campaigns? Yeah, maybe they're all fake. What a twist. Oh, their website <laughs> is not written well. Because it says here, Maizu 16, affordable luxury product. <laughs> like, okay. Mm. You know what? Actually, that's how I like my products in both aspects. I, I, if I could get them affordable and luxurious... <laughs> Dan, 
I'm literally gonna okay, I have to read some of the Maizu website. This is amazing. This is the, the Maizu 16, which is a phone, a, a six-inch phone. It says it has true full screen, more eye-catching, more handy. <laughs> um this is an aesthetic design resulting from our persistence and your personality. Whatever that means. On, on the front page, there's one section that says the the M8 international hot sale. This is amazing. The in-screen next-gen optical fingerprint module will delight you. <laughs> I want to be delighted. Yeah, this is... I'm going to order one of these Maizu phones. So are these in-screen fingerprint sensors, the, that's the real deal? Does the new Samsung have one of those, too? Yes, it does. Yeah, the new yeah. S... What are we on now? 12? The S10? 12? S12 has them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Whoa. unfortunately, no, no, no. I, yeah, I also don't know if you can buy any of these. The uh, the the where to buy page seems to be in Chinese. OK, well, that <laughs> that says it all. Oh, they have a smart scale. The smart body fat scale. Helping you stay in shape. <laughs> smart body fat scale. <laughs> yeah, this is not. Uh, this is not great. Wow. Okay. Anyway, now we're getting back to us reading things on the internet. So <laughs> it's compelling. Our, our radio skills are just getting worse by the day. So no portless phones yet. Although Dan, we still ha- do. We still have our bet for the iPhones yeah. this year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that reminds me. Okay, I'm gonna so get us off the rails here. But I was going through my stacks and stacks of note cards. I have you like literally cards. everywhere. And do you guys remember we placed bets a long time ago as to when we thought MoviePass was going to fold? Ooh, yeah. Do you vaguely... Now, first of all, are they are they still in business? Do we know? I looked up recently, and I think they are still in business. Okay, well, that's good for one of us, because uh, we placed bets based on these dates. It was sometime mid-summer, and I had them going out the earliest at September 31st, so they really outlasted me. Dan, you said early November, so they really outlasted you. Colby said Q1 2019, so he is till the end of the month. If they go out this month, Colby wins. So I'm a, I am a tech luminary. Hang, hang in there. <laughs> 30 under 30. <laughs> yes. Colby's a one one under one. He's number one. He's doing great. No, so anyway, not to get us off topic, but I did find that. So I just wanted to say, Colby, you're still in it. Amazing. This is really all I ever hoped for. (laughs) Picking when companies go out of business. Yes. A positive message. Yes. Um, Let's see. What else in here is worth chatting about? Well, we should probably talk... Oh, we should talk about the Facebook thing. We should talk about the Apple stuff. Um, the Apple stuff will be quick because it's just the event, more or less. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, guys, it's showtime. It is? It's showtime. I thought it was HBO. No, it's it's <laughs> not HBO. It's Apple. Uh, a March 25th event coming soon. Uh, what day of the week is that? Oh, it's a Monday. That's good for us. Ooh, wow. We'll finally be on time with an announcement. 
This is so non-traditional. Hot and fresh. Um, Apple TV, March 25th event. The invite went out today with the tag, It's Showtime. What does that mean? Well, we assume it means the rollout of their big new TV service they've been spending billions of dollars to make content for that we haven't seen yet. We may also see the release of the Apple News subscription service. Also, we've heard rumors about uh, a little bit of hardware, including revamped AirPods, a new entry-level iPad, and the long-delayed AirPower wireless charging pad, all of which could come to us soon. Uh, It's Showtime was the same tagline they used in 2006 when they announced the Apple TV. Fun fact, do you guys remember the name they launched the Apple TV with? No. Uh, Oh, it was ITV. It was ITV in the very first announcement, (laughs) and then thank God they renamed it, because that name is bad. Um, yeah. Wow. That's about it. Any any thoughts on the uh, event here? Anything we, we want to see, don't want to see? Predictions? What? Is there any chance, like, what would they have to do to get you to pay another X dollars a month for some TV stuff? I don't think I don't think exclusive shows are going to do it for me because there's already so many prestige shows on platforms I already pay for that I haven't watched that I'm not going to The only way it works is they've got to bundle it. If there is one fee that gets me Apple TV, the Apple News subscription thing which has New York Times and other crap in it and then they throw in I, Apple Music and then it's got iCloud storage and it's got et cetera, et cetera, and they throw that might entice me, but I think just, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we have this new show starring big actress, and we have this new show from Hot Director, and I'm like, uh, okay. Not really interested. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when the, the that bundle idea was brought up, I was intrigued, uh, but they would have to have a show I really like for me to subscribe, and then I would do what I do now and just unsubscribe when the show's off the air or after I've watched it. Mm. Do you think they're going to do the like, HBO Hulu-style thing where it's they release them on a regular schedule, or do you think you'll get it all Netflix-style on one shot? And I think Amazon does this, too. Or does Amazon release shows one week at a time? I don't remember. I think everyone's more or less moved to the all-at-once model. I think not HBO. Oh, not HBO, but they still have a real channel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of the streaming only guys, I think have pretty much gone to the all at once model. So I would think that's the case, but I don't know. I will say I do have, I do have a big prediction for Apple TV for the Apple TV service. Okay. It's going to be free. Whoa. And no commercial and no commercials. What? It's just going to be... Now, what makes you say this? Because I think... I'm not saying it will always be free. I'm saying it will be free on March 25th when it launches. And maybe free Uh. for a while. And I'm not saying like a two-week free trial. I'm saying legitimately free for the next six months or a year, two years to build up an audience. And then they start charging for, you know, premium stuff or exclusive stuff or whatever. But I think they see the value in shows only available on Apple devices maybe even only available on Apple TV devices, at least initially, 
and use that as a selling point because they are str- we've seen that they are struggling in the device market. They're making a ton of money in subscriptions and not on devices. And I know you're thinking, well, Sean, does that mean they'd want to charge for the content? I don't think so. I think they use this as a selling point of you have to have an iPhone, you have to have an Apple TV. I mean, if they've got if they genuinely believe they have really great shows, people are just going to do whatever to see. Well, then you have to buy an Apple TV to see it. That, that's that's my thought, because I just think if they come out and say it's $5 a month or whatever, it's not interesting. There, there's not They have the money to just buy the content and give it away, so why not just do that and instead make the money mm-hmm. on... They'll make more money selling more devices than they will charging 5 bucks a pop for this, is my thought. I don't know what you guys think. <sighs> but how many devices do they have left to sell? Well, but that's their issue, right? Is It's not necessarily new devices, it's people getting rid of old devices and upgrading. And if they say only the iPhone 10 has the content or the 10 ah, or whatever well, we're on, uh, you know, it's like only, it's really only on phones running iOS 12 or whatever, mm. mm-hmm. you know, then, then you're kind of forcing Another. people to upgrade and they could do the same with the Apple news subscription thing as well. I mean, I'm just thinking that's a big problem that that so, would be one uh, way to fix it. Try to fix it. Yeah. Do you think it would be like a, like presumably, it'll only be available on Apple TV to start with, as far as devices go? Like, or is that true? I don't know. Didn't they? It was they added AirPlay to all those TVs, or did they add a whole like iTunes access thing to all those TVs? It was Samsung TVs only have full iTunes. Like, you can browse and buy from iTunes on the Samsung TV. All of the other manufacturers basically picked up AirPlay support. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that, that I think, is an indication that anyone will be able to... Like, anyone who has the Samsung TVs will be able to use this. Yeah, probably. Um, going back to the, the Apple News bit, I... Ever since the, this has been like a couple of weeks of this being in the rumors that there's going to be some news stuff, I've been looking around and a lot of people on the subway, like the the Apple News app is more popular than the New York Times app on really? the subway. Yeah. And, you know, it's New York, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but it's like Apple News and New York Times kind of neck and neck. But I feel like I see Apple News more often and then undiscernible for everything else. Couldn't recognize it. So, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Maybe there's a lot to be done there. I, I think there's a ton of value in a new subscription service if you can get major publishers on board and not take an enormous cut of the money. Because um, I think people do want to support news organizations, but, you know, they add up quick. And if you can kind of, you know, five or ten bucks get you a large number of subscription, that's where the value comes in. I don't think people want to subscribe to each individually. Certainly. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it would be hard to subscribe to, like, I don't know, multiple papers. Like, how much, hey, like, how much reading time do you actually have <laughs> to dedicate to one or the other? And B, like, I feel like, you know, 80% of the content is the same across, um, across the two like obviously the the like maybe the perspective's different or something but it's interesting 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the cable model, right? I pay one fee to Comcast and I get 100 channels. I'm not always going to watch all of them. I may not watch most of them, but uh, I still want the option. I'm not going to pay for 10 different channels. I'd rather pay you one fee for 100 channels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But I, I think, I mean, we've seen the rumors. I don't know if we've talked about them on the show that much in depth, but Apple was reportedly asking for an insane cut of the money, as much as 50% from the publishers, uh, which I think is kind of outlandish. So the question is, who are what partners will they launch with? I mean, will they be small guys? Will they be kind of odd guys? A lot of times when we've seen these media tech partnerships, they're usually kind of not the best group of people because they can't always get the partnerships together. So I'm curious who they'll be working with. I think that'll really make or break the, uh, the service. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, it should be an exciting event. I mean, we'll certainly have wall-to-wall coverage here on the show in two Woo-hoo! weeks for this. Uh, I'm sure by the time we do the show, we will have all pre-ordered our air power charging pads. Oh, man. If that actually comes out, I'm all over it. I am all over it. Dan's going to order like five of them. Yep. Can't have too many. I'm so ready. And new so- AirPods, because you got to get the wireless charging AirPods. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Definitely. Obviously. I, I use the AirPods so much. Man, they're so I, good. I live in mine. It's crazy. Oh. Excellent product. Uh, all right. All right. What, Speaking of rumors, I Apple heard AR glasses. Yes. So we have a legitimate Apple story, an event that's coming up, and now we have an Apple report. Uh, AR glasses, augmented reality, could be coming as early as the end of this year. Now, the predictions come in a report published by Economic Daily News uh, that says the glasses could be released as an iPhone accessory and will contain their own display while outsourcing the processing, positional tracking, and networking duties to the phone itself. Um, it would use uh, presumably AR kit, which is built into uh, Apple devices currently. Uh, We've heard rumors for a few years that they could be releasing these, maybe AR, maybe VR. Um, Supposedly, this Air headset will be the first to rely, uh, won't be the first to rely on an external phone for its processing power. LG has done a similar thing. Um, Yeah. That's really all we know. (laughs) Google Glass, take two. Uh, I can't imagine this being good enough for me to ever want to use it. You know? uh, like what, what What would be like the app store? What kind of things would you even get? But you know, they said that about the iPhone. And then we found a whole, like a zillion things to do with it. They're like, oh, it's a, I, it's a thing. It makes calls. And then now we like use it 24 hours a day. Was it really like that? I what don't. get in my time machine. Well, you have to remember, Dan, it's, it's a cellular telephone. It's an internet connected device. <laughs> and it's a music player. No, it's an internet communicator. It's an internet Sean, communicator. Get it right. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to count it out. I think, <laughs> I think it's one of those things where they just can't come out and do one of those ridiculous HoloLens style demos where it's like, it's going to change the way we interact with reality. And I'm like, no, just be like, oh, it's a fun little accessory to for your mm-hmm. iPhone that kind of, you know, maybe you don't use it every day, but you use it occasionally and. Here's a question. 
how many dollars or how few dollars would it have to be for you to pay to get one? Oh, That's a man. good question. I mean, I mean if you yeah. if you super sold me on it, like if they blew if they had the most bomb demo of all time, if they had like a Google Glass skydiving style demo for this thing, and I was like, I have to have these. <laughs> I mean, I would pay three or four hundred dollars for them. But that would be if they blew me away. If I'm lukewarm, I'm closer to like I think two hundred dollars. I don't think I don't think it could be less than that. I don't think they're going to come out with a ninety nine dollar pair of these. I mean, what, mm. what were the uh, Snapchat spectacles when those launched? Those were like what one twenty nine is what I want to say. And those Somewhere. just had cameras in them. Yeah, I've never seen anyone have one. I, I, I they liquidated <laughs> a ton of them, so I'm sure they're in the ninety nine cent store right now. I don't know. What what would you pay, Dan? I would pay, you know, because let's be real, I'm the one who's going to have to get these so we can talk about it on the show. Oh, so for sure. It's the, it's the cross I'm willing to bear. Uh, <laughs> I would pay, like, Apple Watch prices. Okay. Which ends up being, like, $400, $500. Yep, I think that's fair. And uh, I'm curious. I, the, the sad thing is that I don't think that the the Apple strategy that they had with the Apple Watch of oh you get like these different materials and these cool bands has really paid off uh, 90% of all Apple Watches I see are this one gray band aluminum yeah um so I would be bummed. Like, I feel like the Apple thing to do with glasses would be to make them look really good, but then I feel like they've maybe learned their lesson from the watch that it's not worth it. So they just like, here, you get your space gray and your your silver aluminum glasses. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I don't know. There's a difference. As big of a difference between your phone and your watch, there's that difference between a watch and something you put on your face. I've never worn glasses so I, <laughs> I don't really know, but just thinking about it, there's a really high bar. Yeah, so but, I, I don't know if they're set up to succeed is what I'm saying. But I would think, and this is, I'm just totally making shit up right now, but if the idea is that they outsource all of the complicated stuff to your phone, which I think is, by the way, a very interesting idea, mm-hmm. then it could be small. And theoretically, you could clip it on to existing glasses. Now that's an interesting mm-hmm. idea that I'm on board with. Oh, if it was like those uh the like sunglasses things that my grandpa used to have, he like clipped them onto his regular glasses and they yeah. just flipped down, oh, flip yeah. up, flip down. Cuz if you think about, I mean, when you get into glasses, uh, you know, you start talking prescriptions and you st- you know, things start to get really complicated, sunglasses versus regular glasses and all. The simplest solution would be just clip them on any pair. That's true. Do you now? Do you think it would be a, like a tethered thing? Like, would it have a cable going to your phone? Oh, I would hope would it... not. I think that would kill it right there. I mean, Bluetooth has be... to have gotten good enough by now, right? Question know. mark? Wi-Fi Direct? I... I... No, I think Bluetooth is probably fine. Is there a new Bluetooth standard? Oh, there's. Well, there's always a. What are we on Bluetooth seven now? Six seven. Five. I think it was Bluetooth five. Oh, cool. Well, okay. Let's here. Want to learn about Bluetooth five point one? 
I, well, we did. What would what? What we did USB four last USB. week? This yeah. Is, yeah, this is the month of standards. Welcome to the ISO standards review podcast. Yep, we're doing Wi-Fi six. My next name's week. Dan. Yeah. Hi. Break it down. Um, Bluetooth five. All right. So this was June twenty sixteen. Uh, focused on emerging Internet of Things technologies. Blah blah blah. Bluetooth five provides options that can double the speed up to two megabits per second at the expensive range, or up to fourfold the range at the expensive data rate. So that's interesting. Uh, Bluetooth adds functionality for connectionless services such as location-relevant navigation of low-energy Bluetooth connections. Ugh. That's a mouthful. And you know what? You know, you also get your slot availability mask, or SAM as we call it in the industry. Ooh, yeah, you're going to need yes. at least one of those. <laughs> yeah. So many slots. You got your high-duty cycle non-connectable advertising. You know? Every good device needs one of those. And, of course, you've got your LE channel selection algorithm number two. All right? And don't forget about the park state. Yeah, this is, okay. one, of, this is one of those Wikipedia pages where I just sit and think, who wrote this? <laughs> Someone did. All right, now let's get ready for Bluetooth 5.1. Got <laughs> your angle of arrival, AOA, and angle of departure, AOD, which are used for location and tracking devices. Doesn't say how or why it's useful but they're used for that you got your gat caching g-a-t-t and and oh this reminds me of windows xp minor enhancements batch one colon uh sleep clock accuracy update mechanism specify the hate behavior when rules are violated i like that i like to specify behavior when rules are violated uh and uh, you got some models. You get says just says models, unit keys, and mesh based model hierarchy. I mean, now you're just starting to make stuff up. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe you could make glasses out of that. Maybe you got to put it in the uh, in the park state first or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, but Dan, what level of audio video distribution transport protocol does it use? I don't know. Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it the uh, L2CAP connection oriented and dedicated channels with credit based flow control system <laughs> is, is that the one with baseband <laughs> error correction oh no, no no I think Sean I think if you're if that's going to work you get some train nudging going on with some generalized interlaced scanning uh, you know? I gotcha yeah yeah <laughs> we should we should remake that scene from Patriot where they're pitching on them on the pipes, but instead read this Wikipedia article. It sounds smart. Our internet connected devices use train nudging and generalized interlace scanning to optimize dual mode link layer topologies. This is like a bad episode of Silicon Valley. This is great. With limited time discovery, our fast data advertising interval delivers audio updates for wideband speech. You can just connect all of these bullets together in any order you want, and it seems to make sense. It's amazing. I will say my second favorite thing about this article is the very top, the Bluetooth article on Wikipedia, where it says this article is about the wireless technology for the medieval king of Denmark. See Harold Bluetooth. <laughs> Who's a real person? I am going to see Harold Bluetooth. Thank you very much. A king of Denmark and Norway. Back oh, in 970. I, I think I read about this guy in my book. Oh, he was the one who converted to Christianity. 
Mm-hmm. And had I a great wireless stand in my book. Um, to uh, briefly pivot back to uh, AR glasses here. Um, okay. You know, it's just interesting to me that, you know, do you guys know how long ago Google Glass was announced? Oh, uh, was it 20? It was like 2010 or 2011, right? 2012, seven years ago. Think of how far the technology has come in seven years. And I think that's uh, Zach in our Twitch chat says, you know, that's really what killed Google Glass having to have such a large device when we're talking about the, the clip-on stuff. And I think that is part of it. I'm curious what Apple could do with the technology so, you know, all these years later. Because when we do think about wearable glasses, it's what we think about is, is Google Glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like the HoloLens style, big ass, you know, safety looking <laughs> visor thing, you know? Yes. Because yeah, it's simple, more like... of a toy. You know, it's kind of like the Apple Watch. It's not meant to be a particularly productive device. You're not going to do a lot on your Apple Watch. It's just a nice accessory. I wonder if they could do that with glasses. Could be cool. We'll find out. I would wear it if I didn't look like a tool. Well, well, yes, that is true. They got to be cool looking. Otherwise, we're going to have another spectacles debacle. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Um, spectacles. We can squeeze in one more story or we can head over to Pixland. What do you guys say? Can we save Facebook for next week and and head over to Pixland? Because I think it could be a, a interesting long discussion and it's not very timely. We'll start with it next week, I promise. Uh, All right. Fair enough. Well, then we're going to move on to picks. Uh, we've got a few here in the rundown. If you haven't seen the show before, picks is the part where we each bring something we've been enjoying and want to share with the world. And we always come up with some crazy, interesting picks. Um, we'll just do them in order this week. I'm going to jump in and go first. Uh, and mine is a little bit of a more of a I've done a couple of these lately, which isn't nice, but it's more of a category than a specific pick. But I'm going to make it anyway. Have you guys tried any fast food ordering apps? And I know you're you're big city people. I used to use them more when I was in Manhattan. Mm. But yes. I'm obsessed with these. Wait, fast food ordering apps. Yes. Maybe I don't know what you're talking about. So most of these sort of uh, restaurants with drive-thrus now have apps. McDonald's, mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell. All these places have apps. And they're friggin' awesome they're so great because you can put in the order a minute before you get there or an hour or two hours before you get there and the order is always perfect because you order in the apps and they have coupons and stuff of course they also track everywhere you go and everything you buy but other than that you get good coupons and stuff (laughs) and then it's great because you just show up and you can either go inside and tell them or you can go through the drive-thru and you just go to the drive-thru and you say i have a mobile order and they know because of the GPS in your phone. They say, hey, are you Sean? And I go, yes. What? And they go pull up to the window. And then it's you don't even, because you've paid in the app, so you don't give them any money. And you just get your food and you go. It's bonkers. It's so, and <laughs> what's great is you can like crazy customize everything. So I've done like, you, you know, they have that new quarter pounder at McDonald's, right? With the fresh beef. You know, it's really great. I recommend this. You get lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise on there, which it doesn't come with. Make it like a full burger. Much better. But you do it through the app. So wait. Now, you said you order it an hour ahead of time. You can order it any time. And you just, it doesn't cook till you get close enough to it or something? No, because it's fast food. So it's really the same time as whether you placed it at the speaker or you did it through the app. 
This wouldn't work with a real oh. restaurant, but because they cook the food so fast anyway, it takes. See, it, it, you're I'm, not really saving time. You're just saving money and convenience and customization is really what you're getting. I see. Why I are you first, customization? First, well, just because the app gives you more. Well, A, they're not going to mess it up because they don't hear you right over the speaker, but also it gives you what I have found is especially Taco Bell is really good for this. They give you options you didn't even know you had because you're like, oh, shit, I can put guacamole on that. Oh, shit, they'll grill <laughs> that or bake. That, or the, It's just like they have a million options you didn't even know were there. You can go crazy customizing stuff. Hmm. It's a lot of See, fun. See, I thought I thought you were saying it was like an a location always on thing, and so they started making it when you were like close enough to the restaurant and or then something. They, they they did it speculatively because they know that like most of the time Sean will go to the restaurant and they'll just eat the eat the cost when he doesn't. But you yeah. know what? But they do. It actually is location always on because what they do, and this happened to me where I was out running errands and I was like, oh, I'm just going to grab some Chick-fil-A on the way to the house because I just don't have time and no food in the house. And I I passed a Chick-fil-A going to my Chick-fil-A because I was going the one closer <laughs> to my house. And and the GPS was tracking me because I had already placed the order. And they're like, oh, do you want to pick it up from the Chick-fil-A you're about to drive by instead? And I'm like, no, I'll keep it at my original one. Thank you. But they were like, they were tracking me once. Now you can like close out of the app and your order is still good and stuff. But once you place the order, the GPS is tracking you because they want to know when you when you get there, even though it doesn't automatically trigger. Um, I think that's what prompts it up on the screen. So when you pull up, they know it's you. Oh, I see. I see. That's so weird. It's great. I mean, look, it's creepy and it's invasive. And I'm sure they're selling that information to advertisers. But... I get cheaper food and more accurate food. It's not good food because it's fast food. But anyway, I recommend if there's a restaurant you really like, see if they have an app and give it a shot. Oh, wow. It's a lot of fun. Great for drive throughs I don't have – so can I go next? Yes, please. We're done. So I don't have a real pick, but I just before the show finished watching uh, – Emily and I finished watching Russian Doll. Oh. It was pretty good. Yeah. Hard to talk about in any uh, any capacity, but it was pretty good. Uh, so that's all I have to say. And they all, really all stuck. Second, give second me a little bit of a pitch. Give me something here. <laughs> it's a little bit so uh, Groundhog's Day premise, right? This this woman is okay. reliving the same day. Oh. Wait, what Groundhog Day am I thinking of? The, the one with Bill Murray is what yeah. I was referring to. He's reliving the same day. Have you never seen Groundhog Day? I guess I don't remember it having any sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> philosophical message or anything at all. I just remember it being funny. Oh, you should definitely rewatch that. That's a great movie. <laughs> it's the one with the groundhog, right? I don't know. Well, that's... actually, I was about to say there's not another Bill Murray movie with a groundhog, but there actually is. It's called Caddyshack. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm pretty sure I remember how that movie The goes. one with all the golf in it? <laughs> oh, no. That's wow. What are the odds of that? That is very. No, the other one. No, there's a movie called Groundhog Day with him and Andy McDowell. Um, and he's a weatherman, and he's a jerk, and he has to live the same day over and over and over and over again. No, I, 
haven't seen this. Okay, movie, so go see Groundhog Day and then watch Russian Doll, and it will okay. it will make a lot of sense. Mm. To be fair, I haven't seen Groundhog Day. What? I I did I did oh, watch Russian Doll. I still like this. It. This is out of control. No, Russian Doll is great, and they stick the landing too, which I was worried it wasn't gonna. They weren't gonna be able to live out the premise, and I thought they stuck the landing well. It's a great show. You watched a TV show? I did. That was a rare one. And like, I watched it when it came out because I saw the trailer for it. And I'm like, this is definitely in my wheelhouse. And I enjoyed it a lot. Wow. All right. Well, that's as good of an endorsement as I'm going to get. Strong stamp of, of endorsement. Good pick. Um, all righty. Dan, take us home. Okay. So this, I, this is one of the picks I'm most excited about. It is a podcast. Um... I do not endorse... Uh, okay, so let me talk about this podcast. Uh, it's called Hardcore History. I've only listened to four or three and a half episodes. It's a podcast about history, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. But how many hours do you think those four and a half episodes constituted? Well, judging by the length of this episode, it does too. Oh, you already uh, peaked. Yeah, I won't. I won't guess though. I'll let Sean guess. Unless he already peaked. I already peaked. But honestly, with the way that my podcast feeds in general have been heading, I feel like they all have just gotten longer and longer and longer. Yeah. So each episode is about four hours long, um, which is great. So I can just have it on. I often you like listen to it before I'm going to bed, not because it's particularly boring, but just because it's so long and I can like. It doesn't even, I don't even need the whole story. It's just really like a series of vignettes. But anyways, the the series I've been listening to is called Blueprint for Armageddon, and it is about World War One, which I realized it's not something I know a lot about. Sure. I know like, oh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, uh, trench warfare, chemical warfare, uh, something, something, Germany, United States entered the war. Woodrow Wilson. That's it, right? Uh, but there are so many like bizarre things that happened in World War One that I didn't know about. So this show gets into all of them, like the the kind of wild pacifism that all the kings were advocating for prior to World War One, because they all saw like how the technology was advancing. You'd have a war every ten years, and it just kept getting worse. And so there was, like, this attempt at the Geneva Convention didn't pay off, and it's just... That part was really interesting, because you don't think of emperors as, like, giving a, a crap about their subjects. Um, the... When the war starts, this, like... You've got the... Like, that famous picture, I don't know if you've seen it, with the horseman, the, the cavalryman, he's... he's got his little fancy uniform, he's got his spear, and he's got a gas mask on. This sort of weird blend of the old world and the new world. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of really interesting stories about those two things colliding. This, like, naval battle where they were... Each navy was using guns that were so much bigger than the last time they fought a war that they were so... They were afraid to get close because they didn't know how far the enemy's guns could shoot. So they're just lobbing... shells at 18 mile range not hitting anything and then they can't see anything because the smoke from the steam engines in all the ships obscures their view anyways it's like a bunch of stories like that a bunch of really human 
like uh, Ken Burns asked stories about one particular person's experience at like one battle. Um, it's not exhaustive because uh, he only goes over a couple battles and talks mostly about like the themes and like what was the difference between 1914 and 1916 and 1918. Uh, and also, you picture the Western Front as being all trench warfare, and it was, but then there's the whole Eastern Front, which was not not like that at all, and we don't. In Americans, we don't hear about that part ever. So, uh, some of them cost money, apparently. Uh, this one doesn't, at least right now. So, pick up uh, Blueprint Farm again for free on the podcast apps. Yeah, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, wherever you get podcasts. And we'll have the link on the website, of course, as we always do. For that, something to listen to on top of this show. You know what else folks should be listening to? Up for debate? Up for debate. Our movie draft just published today. So now available wherever you get podcasts. Check it out now. The 2019 Summer Ooh. Movie League is up and running. These guys, along with all of our other teams, drafted 30 movies last night. A lot of fun. Um, hopefully these guys feel good about the movies they chose because they own them for the rest of the summer. We're going to see who can get the most at the box office. We'll be trying it all summer long. You can get it now at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Already a great Very start for, for the Gooper Troopers. $153 million from Captain Marvel. Damn. Yeah, the more I think about it, I think they're the favorite. I mean, that, John Wick 3, Aladdin, Secret Life of Pets 2, it's an interesting mix. It's an interesting mix. I just think Avengers Endgame, I mean, if that does well enough, I think everyone else just might be too evenly spread. Mm. And then I think I think Detective Pikachu Lion King is an interesting mix as well. Detective Pikachu. Oh, boy. We'll see if people go out and see it. But anyway, that's a great episode. You should go check that out. You should also check out our website, don'tpanic.io. Uh, it's got all of our episodes, the audio and the video there, the links to the pics are there as well, and also information on how to subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify. We're in all the places, uh, video version on YouTube as well. And, of course, you can follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. We will be back next week starting with the uh, big uh, Facebook Mark Zuckerberg privacy story uh, and getting excited for the Big Apple event in two weeks. You're not going to want to miss that. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I am Sean. Thanks for joining us. As always, what a pleasure it's been. And we'll see you next time for more tech news and fun nonsense on another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.